Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of 219 Green Connect, where we explore fresh ideas about the environment and green living in Northwest Indiana. For past show archives, news, and upcoming events, you can check out our website at 219greenconnect.com or join us on Facebook or Twitter. Our ID on both of those is 219GreenConnect. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your iTunes, or excuse me, wherever you get your podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Sippel, and with me today I have a friend uh, from Valparaiso where I live. His name is Walt Muller, and he is a climate activist that I've had the pleasure of, of knowing through several different uh, mutual interest and projects that we've been uh, working on. Most recently, he helped get uh, Porter County on board for the Indiana Resilience, excuse me, (laughs) Indiana University Environmental Resilience Institute cohort last year when we got uh, three counties and I believe it was 14 cities within those counties to join IU's cohort to do the first ever regional greenhouse gas emissions inventory in Indiana. So, Walt, I want to thank you again for your help in that and for all the other things that you do. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, the main thing you want to talk about today, because it's very timely, is a green voter's guide. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Walt, and can you tell listeners about that guide and you know, just about your work behind that, the purpose of the guide, and I'll let you take it from here. Certainly, and thank you very much, Kathy. Uh, the Green Voters Guide is something that uh, has been going on for a number of years in different parts of the state. In the 2020 election was the first time we actually covered Porter County, and basically that was because I got, I joined the, the group of people who put it together and provided information to them. And we're looking for more people now to help with that. Uh, basically, we look at all of the candidates in the races from the county level to, through state, uh, through federal, and we published two guides for them, one that is a very quick and easy-to-look-at guide saying we evaluated these two candidates, and this is the one we approve of for green purposes, green energy, environment, etc., And uh, the other one we go into far more detail on. And we don't provide any type of check mark on which candidate gets our choice. We leave it up to you, the voter. 
And the types of things we look for on the their voting record, uh, statements they make on their websites. We look at who the donors are to their campaigns and uh, various things like that. And so it takes quite a bit of research altogether to put this uh, together, especially when you consider that some, in all of the races, there's one who is a candidate who may not necessarily have a voting record, and you've got less to go on. You may need to check voting record on other offices they've held or uh, just try to find any statements they've made in regard to environmental purposes. So uh, we're looking for some people to help here in Porter County or Northwest Indiana, really, and uh, to help get all this information together in time for the primary. And then that same guide will be used in the general election, just eliminating those who didn't make it through the primary. So... uh, People can contact me at crlwaltm at gmail.com if you're interested, and uh, I can get you involved in the group. This is a very loose-knit group. It's not a formal organization of any type. But we have some excellent people working with us, some of whom have been doing this longer than I have, with a lot of experience in it and a lot of experience in research, and they're available to help also. I certainly needed a lot of their help in 2020, and I'm sure that I'm going to again this time. Can I ask you a little bit about... um time commitment from the research people, and also are there any special skills or training that people, you know, would find helpful in their background to be good at this uh, opportunity? Okay, in terms of time, uh, there are no set time uh, commitments that we request of you. Uh, It's more a matter of doing things as you have the opportunity Uh, although we do set some deadlines for when certain parts of the project need to be completed just to keep things moving along. But, you know, some people can run through these things very quickly. Others, it takes a while, especially your first time doing something like this if you haven't done it before. So it can vary uh, quite a bit in terms of how much time you do put into it. But again, I'm here and others will be here too to help with that and uh, to help pick up the slack if you are having trouble in an area or meeting a uh, commitment for a deadline. Okay. might be a crazy question, but any... Any age requirement? Is this something that, um, you know, motivated high schooler, for instance, could do? Yes, it is. Uh, okay. So 
it's meant for voters, but even those uh, who are not yet 18 years of age uh, would be able to work on this, and there's no restriction in that whatsoever. Okay, great. And I want to also just point out the name of your group. I don't know if we talked about this. Is Voters for a Green Indiana, and the website is votersforagreenindiana.org, so you can go and get more info about them there. But if I understand it correctly, you're a nonpartisan, independent group of citizens who, you know, yes, want to make this are. information and available. We have, uh, Go ahead. Yes, we we get this all this data together, and then we have a panel of three of our members, one of whom is Democratic, one of whom is Republican, one of whom is Independent. And uh, they get together and look at the data available and choose the candidate to give the check mark to if it's the one where we're going to make their choice. And if they have any questions about the data, they contact the person who put the data together uh, for clarification. So we really are looking at just the issues, not just uh, automatically giving me one party or another a green check mark. And uh, that's something that you know, it really should not be a political issue to begin with. And many times people do see it that way, but I've never been able to understand that. Which of us don't want a good world for our children and our grandchildren to grow up in? You know, that's a universal uh, request that people make, I think. And uh, it's something that is standards. Yes, well, I appreciate all of your work on this project and all those on your uh, in your group who are also helping with it. Is there anything else you'd like to share about this project? I know you, you told me right before we started a few other announcements or exciting things that you also uh, would like to make time for, but I don't want to rush the, the voter's guide if there's anything else important to share? Uh, no, I think that's about it. Again, my email is crlwaltm at gmail.com. And uh, you can contact me there anytime, and uh, I'll be more than happy to explain anything further if you have any questions about it or get you involved. Sounds good. Well, I think you just gave me actually a very good segue. Uh, I have my suspicions of what CRL stands for. Can you tell right. me? Is it? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> yes, it's a climate reality leader, and it means that I have been trained uh, by the Climate Reality Project, which is the group that was founded by Al Gore. And uh, just recently, we have set up an Indiana chapter for that group. And so we're looking to get members for that. And you can contact me at that same email, uh, crlwaltm at gmail.com. 
to express an interest in that, and I can send you out a link for an application to it. Okay, great. And now I do happen to be an alum from that training as well. I went in August of 2019 up in Minneapolis, so I'd assume I would be eligible. Is attending the training uh, a necessary part of applying for membership, or is it open to all? No, it's open to all. You don't have to be a leader to uh, to get membership in the organization. I do want to point out, though, that it is excellent training, and it is free. And I learned quite a bit from it. Uh, and the interesting thing is that, as you mentioned, when you took it, you had to travel someplace to do it. Since then, with the advent of COVID, uh, we have been doing the training virtually. And this has actually the advantage in some ways of first not involving all the travel from people all over the world to get to these conferences Uh, because that's something we definitely are trying to cut down on as environmentalists. But secondly, uh, the expense and the time commitment. You don't have to travel somewhere else and get a hotel room and all of that. Uh, It's all done virtual over a computer, and uh, they still do an excellent job with it. And uh, some of the information you get from it is just amazing. I know I had been interested in this, oh, ever since college days, but my interest had kind of waned and, well, I shouldn't say waned really, my participation, my activeness in it had uh, lessened with job, family, so on. But I was shocked at how bad things have gotten. And uh, that's really what motivated me to jump back in with both feet. Yeah, I understand that completely. I kind of went off on a different career trajectory, but found myself gravitating back to that over the last you know, few years, too. When I graduated from the University of Michigan in the late 80s, you hardly ever heard the word sustainable, but they were one of the first places I heard it. And though I was an economics major, I took classes like economics of the environment and you know learned about sustainable fishing and sustainable forestry, but hadn't, hadn't really had a place to apply that knowledge until somewhat recently. So I'm just so glad to know you and know that you're part of that group and know that we are officially, you know, have formed a chapter here in Indiana and I, I want to underscore what you said about the online version. Super convenient. I actually uh, mentored a group last summer, and that certainly was a lot easier for me to volunteer my services than if I had to, you know, go and, as you said, take the time, the carbon footprint, travel, um, you know, find a place to stay, all of that jazz. So it, it definitely makes it much more accessible on a lot of levels. So that, that's great. And so people should email you about that as well 
is there a website or anything or any kind of online presence for this new Indiana chapter yet? Uh, there is not for the chapter, no. It is brand new. But okay. uh, just send me uh, an email saying that you'd like to join, and I'll send you the link, and that will get you into Climate Reality Project's website. Right. And yeah, right. uh, then from there, you'll, re you'll be on our chapter uh, mailing list and receive emails from us when we're having meetings, what resources we have available for you, things like that. I should mention also that these are two so totally separate projects that I'm working on. And uh, the voter's guide is just done by a loosely knit group of individuals. We are affiliated with different groups, but we're not working under those groups direction for the voters guide right i i understand that but that's a good distinction to make and i'll update the show notes to reflect that as well as to include your email so if if you just want to check the description if you're listening to this somewhere and you need to refer back to any of these links you can go to the show notes and get walt's uh, email or the website for voters for greenindiana.org which as walt said is different than the climate reality leadership and we still have a little bit of time. Is there anything else you'd like to say about the second project, first of all, before we move on? But I think you, you had even another group that you've been working with, and I wondered if you'd like to share a little bit about uh, that one, too. Uh, I'm not sure I had mentioned the IPCC, but I'm not sure that's what you're talking about. Or... Okay. Well, and I think you're the one who also introduced me to Elder Climate Action. Oh, I see. Yes, I am involved with them as well. And uh, the Elder Climate Action is a group. Now, they are nationwide, and there is a chapter that's been established for a while here in Indiana uh, called the Heartland Chapter. And I talked about leaving the world for our children and grandchildren, well, this is exactly what the Elder Climate Action is about. It is people who have gotten to this stage of their life where they're looking around at what we're leaving for our children, and we don't like it. I think every generation has hoped that we could leave the world a little better place than we found it. And I think this generation is in real danger of having that not be the case. And that's why we are working so hard on this, uh, to try to keep the world a livable place for our children, our grandchildren, nieces, nephews, whoever it may be. And uh, you can, yeah, you can uh, email me also with any desire to join that group, and uh, we can get you into uh, those meetings right away as well. Yeah, and I want to say I've been really impressed with some of the speakers that they've 
brought forth, uh, again, on Zoom, so anybody mm-hmm. can join from anywhere. But I have been on with, uh, like, Paul Hawken, talking about his newest book, Regeneration, which I love. I bought uh, after hearing about it. I already knew a lot about Drawdown, but Regeneration was somewhat new to me, and I learned it there. But I think the thing all all these three organizations have in common is just it's so great to network with people who are interested in these same things and getting to solutions and being involved in multiple different groups. It's, it's like almost that like you can cross-pollinate a little bit. I, I think I saw somewhere exactly. the other day that there were um, upwards of 40,000 alumni now in the Climate Reality Leadership Training. I mean, it's just an incredible yeah bounty of knowledge and, you know, background and people who can help you on projects and things like that. And I had the pleasure of meeting uh, Libby Traubman in California from Elder Climate Action or Elder Action Network, I guess it is, last week. And she was just a wonderful person and um, welcomed me. I'm going to be 56 pretty soon. So she said, oh, you're young. (laughs) But I'm an elder in training. Yes, you are. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, I want to be a good elder. I don't have kids. I don't have grandkids. But I kind of see myself as like a universal mother that wants to help, you know, figure this stuff out and, as you say, leave a better planet for, you know, the youngest among us who are going to inherit this. And so I, again, appreciate you having you as a neighbor and somebody who can work on solutions like this and especially nonpartisan involvement. I think that's so important. We need all hands, all hearts, all minds on deck, you know, to solve an issue this big. And so I, I love that the Green Voter Guide is not just putting the check mark in a predetermined column. You're doing the research and, you know, you've got all the stakeholders involved. So kudos. Anything else that you'd Thank like you. to share? Yeah. Well, one other thing that I could mention is just there's been a lot of talk about the pressure people feel and how it can kind of get depressing to hear about these things over and over again. And universally, it seems like the recommendation for dealing with that is to get actively involved in the issue. You know, and it really helps to get out there, get active, and do something. And certainly not everything is going to be a success. But you're doing something at least as best as you can, and there are successes along the way. And we have been seeing them. We're starting to see them with increasing frequency, I think, even here in Indiana. And uh, so we're hoping to continue that trend. Do not worry if you have never done anything like this before. Uh, None of us did the first time, okay? We all had help in the beginning. And, uh, you know, there's nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, Just get involved, jump in. We will help you as much as you need. Mm -hmm. Great advice. And I think some of these solutions are so hopeful, too. Um, There's a phrase in permaculture or an idea in permaculture that's called stacking functions. Like if you're going to do something, how can you do it and have it serve more than one purpose? And 
just an example from Drawdown, Paul Hawkins, since I mentioned him before, the number three most uh, promising climate solution that he documents with science and data is food waste reduction, and number 60 is mm -hmm. composting. So I'm like, okay, what if you compost your food waste? <laughs> there you're working on right. two different things. And then, you know, plant-based diet. I don't remember the number there. But if you use that compost to then grow your own vegetables, you know, you're taking off food miles, you're growing more nutritious food that's less expensive, that's better for you, you know. I mean, there's just, I, I think it can be a little addictive almost in a good way if you just start small, start with one thing, as you said, and get some help. You know, don't be shy about asking for help and, and start with your own interest and in what's possible for you to do in your own household or wherever you feel led to plug in. Okay, I'll get off my soapbox and hand the mic back to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all very good advice, and I agree with it exactly. It almost sounds like the opposite of the climate feedback loops, which are bad things for the environment, but you're doing the same thing by throwing things together and having them loop around for good. And mm -hmm. it's, you know, one way of fighting those bad things that happen out there. So. Yeah, and if, if you don't have your own parcel of land, I love that, you know, there are more community gardens that seem to be popping up, which is great. And I'm hearing the term food forest more, which I never heard, you know, 10 years ago. But, um, you know, I know a local Valparaiso neighbor here got a neighborhood in improvement grant to, to build a food forest. And, I mean, that just seems like you're now using agroforestry as a climate solution. You're feeding people with food that grows in a really low-maintenance way. You know, um, I mentioned permaculture before, and I just recently started hosting a monthly event online as well for Northwest Indiana Permaculture Meetup. And I feel like that's a great group to know about if you're interested in some of these, you know, more agricultural-type climate solutions. That's that's kind of a, a very interesting group of people that has a lot of hands-on knowledge around that space. So with your permission, I could add some links <laughs> to the show episode. It's getting to be a little lengthy, but we do have a lot of resources, so much more than we did just, you know, 10, 12 years ago when I started this podcast, and I find that really encouraging. So any any final thoughts, Walt? Uh, no, not really. I think that pretty much ties it up. Um, the one other thing I might mention is that I do have a uh, presence on Facebook. Uh, if you do, if you sign into Facebook and go to search waltamala.758-7370, and I post virtually every day there quite a bit of information about climate change from all over the world. And we've certainly seen the effects in this country with the fires, the floods, the severity of the storms, the droughts. And as bad as it's been here, it's been even worse in other parts of the world. So, uh, you know, and I try to keep everyone up to date on as much as I can there, both what's occurring in nature 
uh, the problems, possible solutions, technological advances, all of that I try to do as thorough a job as possible of covering. And it keeps me pretty busy, but I try. <laughs> good, good. Well, I kind of said at the beginning, but you were real helpful in getting, um, you know, our region on board to do the regional greenhouse gas emissions inventory last year. And I'm very excited that just yesterday, March 1st, we had our very first meeting of the year to attend as a region, um, Indiana University's Environmental Resilience Institute's um, Climate Action Plan cohort. So I was very proud that a region continued the momentum to not just gather the data, but now to take that data and try to build appropriate climate action plans that address the underlying data. So we've, we've come a long way. We still have a tremendous amount of work to do, but I think basing it on science, basing it, you know, as you were doing this impartial research, you know, on candidates, if we keep both of those threads moving and get interested people fueling, you know, both of these um, projects, I think that's going to serve us all very well. And uh, I know we're just about out of time, but I want to thank my guest again, Walt Muller from several various different groups. I'm not going to try to repeat them all here with just a few seconds left. But you've been listening to another episode of 219 Green Connect. I'm your host, Kathy Sipple. If you have a topic that you would like to talk about on 219 Green Connect, you can email me, uh, kasipple at gmail.com, and let me know your topic. If it's something that affects uh, the Northwest Indiana region or has, you know, uh, relevance to us here. It doesn't absolutely have to be hyper-local, but it should in some way not be a, a global topic, be, be related to what we do here regionally. Okay, that's all we have time for today. Thank you again, and we'll be back soon with another episode. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.